What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, everyone. It's New Year's Eve. Happy New Jamie Eisenberg got some uh, got some resolutions ready to share. No, but I'll make some up. Okay, well, like regular resolutions, non fantasy. <laughs> no, can you make resolutions. I am going to make a resolution. Yeah, what okay, is it? I'm gonna try to stick to it. Well, I fail every year. Uh, it's always like exercise. Mm-hmm. Never do that. But I'm going to try to cut down on my profanity this year. Because <laughs> you know, because now I can't. You know, he's gonna start. My little kid's gonna start saying what I say. So I gotta start cutting down to the profanity a little. Uh, bit. That's a good one. It is a damn good resolution. Welcome to the show. Jamie and I are here in studio in Fort Lauderdale, and we do have some fantasy resolutions for you. We'll go through all the coaching news. Not that much this year, uh, but Ron Rivera hired by the Redskins. I've got some five random topics that I'm actually really excited to talk about. Matthew Stafford's in there. Jimmy Garoppolo's in there. Um, Tampa Bay, something about them in there. So we'll get to that. Uh, I'll start with the coaching news. So what's the biggest uh, biggest fantasy coaching news so far? Biggest fantasy coaching news so far? Um, I don't know if there is one fantasy-wise. There has really hasn't been anything yet because we don't know who some of the new hires are going to be. Right. You know, obviously, losing some of the key coordinator-slash-coaches could be prominent. But um, I guess, one, if you're interested in the Jaguars' passing game or offense in general, the fact that uh, we're just finding out right before the show that Doug Marone is going to return. The Jaguars. So John D. Filippo, I'm going to guess, is going to be back, and that is probably a good thing for their passing game because we saw some some strides this year from them. Probably a good thing for Fournette because because I'm on the of the mind that he won't duplicate his replicate his pass catching prowess. Heath's like, well, they're going to keep the same offensive coordinator. I don't know if he thinks he'll have the same amount of catches, but that'll still be very. Involved. I would say he'd be around fifty. Yeah, but he was like around eighty this year, wasn't? No, it? that's hard to replicate, right? Or what his Skill set should be, um, and I wonder if uh, the Week 17 performance from Rykel Armstead opened some eyes a little bit because he looked explosive. All right, so uh, we'll talk a little. Just I have a few Week 17 leftovers to get to, but mostly we're looking forward. We'll give you those resolutions. We'll read your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's a really good time to send your emails in. Again, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And if you're one of those people that's like, hey, you never respond to my email, well, make sure you're sending it to cbsi, the letter I, not E-Y-E. Because some people do that, and we don't respond to that because that's not a real address. Um, winners and losers in terms of the coaching news. So I have Baker Mayfield as a winner, and I have Daniel Jones as a loser. Do you agree with those? No. 
because I, I want to see Something who the Browns down. hire first because okay. I don't think this offense was very good to begin with. I just it just seemed dysfunctional, you know. Just a fresh start for Mayfield, for Beckham, for Landry. I can't see. I guess I, just, I I do agree with Baker. I'm sorry. Yes, it, it, okay. it's a win for him. Yes, so I, I apologize. Um, Daniel Jones. I don't know. I mean, if they bring in somebody that's better than Pat Shermer, and I, I think it's more about the personnel at this point. Who's than better it. than Pat Shermer? Um, you. <laughs> no, he's to be fair. He's got a very good track record. He's a good coordinator. As, a, as an offensive coach. He's not a good head coach. I don't like Daniel Jones having to learn a new offense. And, yeah, the uncertainty. Because I, I actually, if Pat Shermer ends up as a coordinator, you and I debated this on the radio show on Saturday night, uh, if he ends up somewhere as a coordinator, I would consider that a good hire. You know, I like Pat Shermer in terms of fantasy offense. What he did with Case Keenum was pretty remarkable. What he's done with the Giants, even Eli Manning wasn't that bad last year. And this year, I thought Daniel Jones outperformed just about everyone's he's a good, expectations. He's a, good, he's a good play caller. Um, and maybe when he has the right personnel, he'll, he'll be better. But um, I, I think that's an incomplete. I don't think it's a right. win or a loss yet. Because if they get somebody who's on par or better, could be good for him. Jason Garrett right now still the Cowboys head coach, not expected to be the Cowboys head coach. Um, this is a weird one because he's his contract expires, I believe it's on the 14th of January. Yeah. So they don't necessarily have to fire him. Right. Just fire him. Like, let, <laughs> just let him like have two weeks. Uh, what do you think about Chad O'Shea getting fired, the Dolphins coordinator? Uh, it didn't surprise me. Totally. I mean, the offense wasn't great. You know, Fitzpatrick saved them in a lot of situations just by his nature of play. They couldn't run the ball at all. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to necessarily say it's a fair slate for him because of the talent he was dealing with. And, you know, offensive linemen shuffling in and out and, you know, guys that are, you know, they're NFL caliber players, obviously, but they're not superstars. And so, you know, how would he have done with stars or potential stars or, you know, established players? So Chan Gailey is a guy that's had a lot of success in the NFL. It's just it, it's weird that he's back again. You know, you just don't you know think about guys at his age that sort of leave the game for a little bit and then come back. Um, we'll see. You know, I, th that's one I think where you got to see who they're working with because there's so many uncertainties with. Me. Yeah, they're gonna look very very different. Uh, so honestly, to be quite honest, I just don't think there's that much to to dissect here. Well, I, I think if you're looking at it from the Washington defensive perspective, Ron Rivera will do some good things there. Um, you know, it's it's uh, I I didn't I didn't see the contract numbers yet. It's it's weird that that's where he wanted to go, because yeah, you know you're you're dealing with um, you know a, a team that just has not had a lot of success, and you think for a guy that's probably trying to get a Super Bowl or or, or, or has some sustained success after what he went through in Carolina the last couple of years, you know I don't know if there's a situation that's dramatically better that was available to him. But, right, we don't know who wanted him, but like if I'm, if Cowboys, I, if like, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people obviously were sort of tying him to the Giants because of Dave Gettleman. Yeah, and if I had my choice, I would prefer the Giants over Washington because I like Daniel Jones better than Dwayne Haskins. I, I think there's a, probably a quicker path to victory there. Um, there's no guarantee, but I, I just think you look at what the talent for both those teams are. The yeah. Giants' talent base right now seems to be a little bit better. All right, so where were the openings? We had Washington, we had the Giants. Let's say we have the Cowboys. Carolina. We have the Browns and Carolina. Is that it? Five of them? Uh, now that Jacksonville is locked in, yeah. Right. And Atlanta's locked How in. How would you, let's say you're a hothead coaching candidate. What would your preferences be? Oh, Dallas is number right. one. Right. Dallas won. Yeah. I would say Cleveland, too. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous about Cleveland, if I'm a prospective head coach that has options, is um, 
they just don't have a long track record of sticking with one guy. I mean, you look at the coaches that have come in, come out. You have now the one and done with um, – it's two one and dones, really, because Rob Chanziski was one and done, too. So, you know, it, there, there's a there's a history here of not giving your coach the chance to sort of stumble through some things and, and learn. So if you're Matt Rule, for example, who doesn't have any NFL head coaching experience, right. if you fail, is it – I'm I'm out in two years now. You know, after after not doing well over that span. So, what's number two for you? Uh, I would think the Giants. Really? You know, just because again, you have. I think Daniel Jones is going to be good. I I do think that you know you have young running back who's obviously excellent. You have you know some key pieces offensively. Defense obviously needs a ton of work. Yeah, ton, ton of work. But it feels like once you have the quarterback in place, you can make some things happen. And and I do feel like Daniel Jones is legit. Not that Dwayne Haskins isn't. You know, he he has the chance to. You know, he's shown some things, but. You know, Jones Haskins right now, I would take Jones. All right. Not not that I would so, take them over so Baker. You go Dallas, Giants. Probably Cleveland third. Carolina. Washington? Uh yeah. I mean Washington, what a bad franchise they are right now. They just must have thrown a lot of money at, at Rivera. I I guess. Um hard to overlook. All right, so that's pretty much going to wrap up our coaching discussion. Obviously, we have three episodes per week during the offseason, and we'll tell you about all the coordinators that get hired, the head coaches that get hired. But right now, until those hirings are made, you know, what, you know there's not much to break down. Uh, now, if you heard our Sunday night show, we gave you our nominations for the Fantasy Awards. You can go on our Facebook page and vote for them. Our Facebook group is Fantasy Football Today. You can vote for them uh, on that page, and you can vote for the bust via Apple Podcast Review. That's where we're going to you know, uh, collect the votes for our, the biggest bust of the season in fantasy. I think it's Le'Veon Bell, personally. I think he would get my vote. Um, David Johnson, come on. All right, that's fair. Okay, fine. David Johnson. I oh, Gosh, Le'Veon was so bad. Um, so, yeah, so send us your votes. At least you knew you could sit David Johnson. At least you could replace him. If at you one point. knew that you could sit him, that probably means he's a bust. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is you're still starting Le'Veon Bell. I would take the fine. I would take the eight points of Le'Veon Bell as opposed to the zero of Well, David but Johnson. you didn't have to start the zero. You got to put someone better in. Okay. Probably better than Le'Veon Bell. That, that's still your first or second round pick. That yeah, he's bad. He's bad. All right, well, there you go. See, the, the bait rage is on. So you can vote for that one on Apple Podcasts. The other ones vote for in our Facebook group. Playoff Pick'em. You got a few days to get your picks in. It's almost time. CBS Sports has a new way for you to up the action. It's Playoff Pick'em. Whether you want to pick the games for cash or compete against friends, we have you covered with two easy ways to play. First, you can enter the Playoff Challenge for your chance to win $5,000. All you need to do is pick the winners, and the champ walks away with a big five grand in cash. Second, get your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody that loves football involved by creating a fully customizable private pool. You'll be, you'll be in full control with options to choose the matchups that you want uh, to include, how to pick them, the scoring, and more. That is all. That is the playoff pick em. It's totally free. Go to cbssports.com slash playoff or download the CBS Sports app. Start your pool. Play for $5,000. cbssports.com slash playoff. All right. I work very hard on these five random things. Okay. I think you're going to enjoy them. They're okay. very good. They're very thought-provoking. I love all of your random things. Random thing number one. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, in week 17, had seven catches for 78 yards on 13 targets. Matt Ryan threw over 50 passes. Why do I bring this up? Cause Tampa, He's also banged up in the game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against number one wide receivers. In their last six games, they faced Julio Jones twice. They faced Kenny Galladay, who's a top five receiver this year. They faced DeAndre Hopkins. They faced DJ Chark. None of them scored. Only Julio Jones had even 50 yards. They've got some young corners. Carlton Davis, who's been awesome. He's the one. Jamel Dean. 
Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, they're first and, year, first and second year players. They just completed their rookie or their second seasons. Davis has come on very strong. This team has a, has the looks of a great secondary, and I just think it's noteworthy. You know, we'll have to wait till week one to really put it into focus. But what they did there, and it sort of ties into what Bruce Arian said about Jameis Winston. He believes in his defense now, and he's not going to deal with thirty interceptions going forward. Oh well, I mean, nobody should deal with thirty interceptions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think you know this is a credit to Todd Bowles. It's a credit to this defensive coaching staff, what they started with, and what they were able to mold at the end of the season. Um, these are the type of improvements you like to see from young players, and and it's why they got rid of Vernon Hargraves too, is that they wanted to let these guys flourish. So this is if if they're able to keep Shaq Barrett, which is pretty important. Um, you know they have two players of pretty significant prominence who are free agents, Jameis and, and Barrett, and if they can't work out a long term extension with one of them, they're gonna have to use a franchise tag on one of them. And so at this point, you don't want to let the quarterback go because that's tough to lose. But Shaq Barrett is a big part of this, too. You, yeah. you need to have that pass rush. So I think this is going to be one of these defenses. I don't know if they're going to be a great DST, fantasy-wise. But this is not going to be one of those scenarios, what we've talked about for the last couple of years, right. pick on Tampa Bay. Right. Not anymore, no. And by the way, they led the NFL in passing yards two straight years. Um, so that's, Passing yards allowed. Well, I'm, yards I'm transitioning allowed. to their offense. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, just another side note. The best passing game in the NFL two straight years, but now you combine that with the defense, I, maybe the passing numbers will come down a little bit, but you got the makings of a, a potentially dangerous team there. Um, and we know that run defense has been great all year. All right, second second random thing. Matthew Stafford, on a per-game basis, do you want to guess where he finished? I know this. He was top three. Yeah. He was second in six-point, third in four-point for passing touchdown leagues. What do you make of that with Stafford? He was on pace for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. This is a, a team that struggled to run the ball early in the season, as we recall. You know, we, we talked about on Johnson's PPR numbers were okay, but his rushing numbers weren't so great. And, I, I, you know, a defense that was not probably as good as it should have been based on some of the talent that they acquired. Remember, we talked about, oh, this defensive front could be amazing yeah. when they got Trey Flowers and uh, Mike Daniels. And, you know, um, we thought that they'd be pretty good, and it didn't necessarily pay off. Um, so put them in some tough spots. I think you look at it as, uh, you know, if they're able to retain everyone, um, I, I don't and, – and maybe you want to look this up. Uh, Marvin Jones, I think he's either entering free agency or he's got one more year left. Um, uh, so Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson, I don't know if Amendola's a free agent too. That's a pretty good receiving core there. And Carrion's a pretty good pass catcher. If yeah. They, if they were to use him in that regard. I'd like, nobody's going to really want him, Matthew Stafford, next no. year in drafts. He's an interesting sleeper. I, I don't I just don't like quarterbacks that don't run, and what he was doing, which is funny because you you are the one driving the Breeze campaign. I like Drew Breeze. He's he's an exception. They, they were back to back in in fantasy points per game. Yeah, that, but but Breeze obviously has done this a lot. Stafford he's his, done this these, a lot too. These it no not not to this level. But yeah, exactly not to this level. But I mean, he's a five thousand yard passer. Those don't come along very. Five thousand yards, but he's not really a five thousand yard passer. He's done it before. He was on pace for it, and his yards per attempt was like sky high. It was second best in the NFL. Best of his career. Uh, yeah. So I just don't really think that he can do that again. But he's an interesting player because I do think that if he plays, you know, I think he'll be top twelve. Uh, he'll fall into that top twelve. He's kind of like Philip Rivers, but like what Philip Rivers has been. Sure. Right, consistently top twelve, always Stafford, underrated. Top ten, always underrated. But sort of, but he's also sort of a dinosaur because he's 
is completely immobile, basically. Like he's not going to give you any rushing production. Sure. And you have to adapt to the times. So he's not the kind of late round flyer I'd like to take. But but you say adapt to the times. And yes, Lamar Jackson was obviously amazing. Do you consider Mahomes a running quarterback or he just runs? He'll give you something with his legs. Okay, so give me a, give me a number here because the the three guys that I think everybody's gonna look at as running quarterbacks, yeah, in the top ten. Because I just wrote this yesterday. It's on the site that our top ten quarterbacks. It's Lamar, Kyler, and Josh Allen. Those those are the three right now yeah. that are running. So five hundred or more yards. Jameis Winston had two hundred and fifty yards. Okay, so that let, was ninth best at quarterback. Put it right there. So two fifty. Yeah. Uh huh. Is that the number that you're considering to be a running quarterback, or does it have to be closer to five? No, no, it doesn't have to be five. Okay, so no. 250. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sure. Mah- Mahomes will probably give you 250 when he's healthy. Yeah. Right? Rodgers used to, but he doesn't anymore. Russell Wilson will probably give you 250 when yeah. he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Depending on Cam, 250 is probably easy for him. Yeah. Okay, so that's another guy I think that's going to be interesting on draft day as well. You're only going to get maybe seven or eight of those guys? Mm, well, like I said, Winston was ninth in the in rushing okay. among quarterbacks. But you'll have... You'll have more. I mean, I think Daniel Jones will break into that group. Um, yeah, look, maybe 10, right? Okay, so let's say 10 guys. Mm-hmm. So, But their passing also has to sort of— But they'll also get some rushing touchdowns. Matthew Stafford has sure. 14 in his career. But Josh Allen had nine. You know, I mean, that's going to come down. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. So if, you, if you're looking for a late-round pick in fantasy at quarterback, what do you want? You want upside or you want top 12? Like, but if, you, if, if you're saying that—okay, so Stafford— on a good year for him, and when I say good year, like what he was trending toward this year is a great year, the best he would have had ever. But good, uh, second best. Good year for him is probably forty four hundred yards. Two thousand seventeen, forty four hundred and twenty nine touchdowns with ten interceptions. Okay, very good year. So if you know you're getting that, yeah, and fifty yards rushing and maybe two rushing touchdowns, let's just say. Okay, I'll give him a hundred yards. He's usually around a hundred. That's a top twelve quarterback. It is. The question is, is it a top 12 quarterback that you really want to roster? Because, you know, because it's a safe top 12 quarterback. It's, but not, this, a, it's but, not a league-winning top but, 12 but this quarterback. But is, this is the type of guy you pair with a Daniel Jones or, you know, if you think Dwayne Haskins can make the leap or Joe Burrow or, um, you, you know, uh, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick. You know, the, the type of guys that have huge volatility, mm-hmm. but this is the safe guy. I guess I could make the case that you could have a quarterback strategy – that would completely ignore somebody like Matthew Stafford. If inle- unless you say, well, look what he did in these eight games in 2020. He's capable of that. But you could have a quarterback strategy that basically says, I'm only swinging for the fences. I'm only taking guys who could finish top five. But this and comes Stafford, down, I, I really don't think. Could. But it also comes down to not just your draft approach to quarterbacks, your draft strategy in general. Because if you're going to swing for the fences, you're going to start to take these guys like Kyler and Josh Allen and... Um, the 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 unproven guys, yeah, you know, o- over the course of uh, you would extended. definitely take them over Stafford, a hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, the there, there's going to be a group. We, we are we've already established this, and, and we probably haven't said it enough on on this venue. But um, there's we all have five of us, you, me, Dave, Heath, and Ben Gretch, have the same top four quarterbacks, yeah, in some order: Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Five is where it gets crazy. I don't remember who I have. Five. And then you have Dak. Okay. I have Jameis. Uh, one of, somebody else has Dak. He, uh, Dave has Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan feels like a, a better version of Matthew Stafford. Yes. Okay. So it's all over the place where we're going with 
the the so five through ten is going to be where I think that's where your fantasy league could be decided. Yeah, if those four guys do what they've done or you know have shown the potential to do. But each of the last two years, Lamar Jackson was not a top twelve he ADP was, quarterback. He was fourteenth. Where was Mahomes? Probably around Ale- that, eleven right? through fourteen. Right. So, but that's what I'm saying is like you know this is where your draft strategy comes into play because those first four guys are probably based on ADP. First three rounds, let's just say. Yeah. Probably, for, I, I, I'm probably being conservative, <laughs> but first three rounds. No, not, I, I not wouldn't be our, surprised. I think round three is... No, I mean, not on our teams. N- no, oh, I, you, I, I mean, no. you usually take, you used to take Rodgers in the third round. If I'm going to take him there, it's only going to be an expert draft because nobody else is take Like, you, if we're drafting with general public, we're not getting those quarterbacks. Oh, I We're going to be lower on it. We're going to be lower on the quarterbacks. Right. Just, but those, we those, roll out those, of bed lower on the quarterbacks. Those, those four guys are going to be first three round picks. Uh-huh. Then it's going to be, okay, when do those next group of guys come off the board? How excited are you about Kyler Murray in year two? How excited are you about Josh Allen in year three? How excited are you about if Dak gets maybe Josh McDaniels or Greg Roman or, you know, somebody who can change his game a little bit or enhance his skills? Or if Jameis stays with Bruce Arians and you know there's 5,030 on the table again with 250 rushing. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are the guys that are going to be, I think, the ones that people sort of gravitate toward. And then it's, do I want Matt Ryan? Do I want Carson Wentz? Do I want Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers? Or do I just say, I don't care who I end up with because maybe I pair Stafford and Sam Darnold. Maybe I pair um, Stafford and Daniel Jones. You know, this is, I think, where Stafford comes into play. Phillip Rivers, if he stays in, in, in Los Angeles, as how he's sort of been viewed. You know, this is, I think, what people do. And, yeah. and, you're, and I know you're sort of pushing this... Uh, idea a lot which i'm sure a lot of people are going to get behind of i don't necessarily need to take the superstar quarterback but i'm going to take two with the hope that i hit on one and if i hit on that one then i don't have to worry about the second guy yeah i know i just don't know that stafford is that guy like no but stafford stafford is the i know what i'm getting guy right you know so the floor is hopefully safe so Tannehill and stafford is not a bad pairing baker and stafford is not a bad pairing joe burrow and stafford if if you know Joe Burrow yeah. looks like you, you know, know the get... thing is with Joe Burrow is like he's probably not the best example. But I, I'm not going to draft because you know Kyler Murray had a good rookie year. Baker Mayfield had okay, a good so throw rookie out, year. Throw yeah, out yeah, but, no but what I'm bro. getting at is people get enamored with the next guy, and so it's not necessarily a bad thing to take the next guy and the safe guy with the hope yeah. that you know you're getting 44 and 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 30. What you said 29, 44 and 29. Uh, 4,400, 4,429. Look, and Kenny Galladay is really awesome. So he's going to elevate Stafford's game. The point is, uh, people should know how good Stafford was in those eight games. Not every game was great, but he had a huge game at Arizona. Not a surprise. Huge game against Minnesota. Huge game against the Giants. Huge game at Oakland. It's another thing to keep in mind. Three of those four blow-up games were against, you know, three of the worst pass defense. They're they're also going to play a last-play schedule again. And what we're seeing is, as great as Minnesota's defense is, and we'll see how they finish in the playoffs, that secondary is... Starting to fall, starting to fall apart a little bit. Guys yeah. getting older. Uh, Green Bay secondary, I think, is on the rise, and their defense should continue to be good. But we saw some flaws in the Chicago defense. You know, so two of the yeah, four, but they're still good. They're still very good, but it's not the same as it was two years ago. And so you're seeing some flaws in two pretty established defenses that he may have to throw against. And with one superstar wide receiver and a and a you know budding tight end that could be a star, that's a lot to like. All right, next observation here, random fantasy observation. Derrick Henry was the number four running back in non-PPR, number eight in PPR on a per-game basis. 
which is really interesting that he had such a great year and he was RB8 on a per-game basis in PPR. However, he's within, within one fantasy point per game of being RB4. But you just look at the trends. This was such a strange year. You had four running backs who finished top 12 in points per game in PPR with less than, I want to say, 40 catches. Um, there were only two of them in 2012. And like, so, okay, so so the four this year were Derrick Henry. Remember, this is points per game in PPR, less than 40 catches. Henry was RB8. He had 18 catches. Ingram was RB10. He had 26. Chubb was RB11. He had 36. And Chris Carson was RB12. He had 37. The only two who were top 12 last year on a per-game basis in PPR with less than 40 catches were Kareem Hunt, who was on pace for 38 catches. He missed five games. And Leonard Fournette, who was on pace for 44 catches. He missed, I think, eight games. Um, so, you know, it's just in PPR, where's Derrick Henry going to go? What he did with 18 catches, very unusual. And I just don't think I'm going to draft him as of right now. Sure. I, I think when you think of Derrick Henry, like, you know, the historical guys you want to compare him to, um, think Michael Turner at his best in Atlanta. I was going to say Marshawn Lynch. That's the second name I was going to say. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. At his best in in Seattle, you know, guys that are going to be maybe twenty five catches, maybe. Right. If you get thirty plus, that's a dream. Mm. But <laughs> think about the the touchdown potential, the yardage potential, what their role is in this offense, and this is kind of I think you know depending on your preference of of the type of players that you take. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a good comparison because I think he was. At least going into the last week, he was pretty close in PPR. Uh, maybe not per game, but but seasonal points. Austin Eckler. So imagine Melvin Gordon's gone, and it's Eckler and Justin Jackson as the two main guys in in for the Chargers. Who's more appealing to you as a PPR guy? Eckler or Henry, you're saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would say Henry. I have, I have but, my doubts about Eckler, but, but it's a good question. But that's the type of, you know, a guy that could be 80 catches. Mm-hmm. And has shown the ability to find the end zone. So he could probably score 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 1,500 total yards if things go right. I got a fun one for you here. I'm looking up Marshawn Lynch. His last season in Seattle. It's a fairly typical year for him. Uh, 1,300 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. And I actually caught 37 passes. All right, so let me pick. I got to pick a different year then. I'll pick uh, 2012. Oh, that's a really good year, though. That's 1,600 yards. Let's do 2011. That's Derrick Henry, though. I guess, but 2011, 12. All right, fine. You know what? Let me come back to this since I have to pick a different year because Derrick Henry's not catching 37 passes. But basically, I'm going to find out where Marshawn Lynch would rank today based on like a typical Seattle year. So I'll get to that in a second. Let's go to our next. Um, Oh, this one you'll like. Random fantasy observation. I might owe Jamie Lunch. I don't remember if that was the terms of the bet. Yeah, Lockett versus Metcalf. Lockett versus Metcalf. I thought Metcalf was going to lead the team in touchdowns. I think if he had caught that ball that Russell Wilson just airmailed right before the Lynch touchdown, he was wide open in the end zone. Um, they would have tied, and I would have taken that as a win because it would have yeah, technically yeah, he would have been a push. He would he would have led the team in touchdowns. But so would Lockett. Uh, Lockett finishes with eight, and Metcalf with seven. So congratulations on your lunch. Thanks, bud. Um, and then finally, observation number five. We didn't really talk about Metcalf, though. We were, you know, singing the praises of yeah, the Sunday show of Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown and Devo Samuel. And yeah, I feel like Metcalf gets overlooked with those guys. 
He had a really good season. Not by me, because I love him, but he had a really good season. He's a, such an interesting player. Uh you know Lockett led the NFL in red zone targets? Interesting. Yeah. Metcalf had a good amount, but I thought he was gonna play that role. Uh, Lock Lockett's touchdown catch Sunday night was one of the best throws I've ever seen Russell Wilson make. I wish he wouldn't have said that. Because I didn't I only saw the re- like I didn't see the throw. I don't know what happened. He, he apparently and you know, I like looked up. It was a touchdown. They're celebrating. It was it me. was right on the line of scrimmage. Oh yeah. yes, I saw yeah, his it. His foot yes. just behind the line. Yes, yes, his body was over, but his foot was still yep. behind. Whole body, everything. And, and he over. just threw a, a dart with I don't know what the defender was was just draped all over Lockett. It was a beautiful play. Um, yeah. So Metcalf is interesting. This crop. Well, I'll talk more about that with the resolutions. But these rookie wide receivers are just amazing. They have the chance to be. What you, know, you, you, have, you have to wonder if there's going to be some, you know, setback for whoever it may be. But AJ Brown looks like a star in the yes. making. Um, obviously Metcalf, if his route tree continues to grow, and you know they don't do anything to change this receiving core because, as we know, they've tried. You know, by bringing in Josh Gordon in the middle of the season. Um, but if it's Lockett and Metcalf at the top, uh, there's a lot to like about him as as a go-to guy for Russell Wilson. Um, Debo Samuel's been. You know, just making so many plays, whether it's running the ball or, or, or what he's done as a receiver, you know, over 100 yards in that game Sunday night. And and obviously Terry McLaurin, you know, with uh, with what he's shown you this year, those four guys, you know, I, I, you can make a case. They're all top 24 receivers going into into 2020. So could this really be right in PPR non-decimal scoring? Look at just one of our leagues. Derrick Henry scored 242 fantasy points. He is currently RB7 in PPR. The stats I gave you earlier were per game. This is full season. RB7. Go back to 2011. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch had 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, plus 212 receiving yards, 28 catches, one touchdown. Derrick Henry scored 242. Marshawn Lynch that year scored 243. <laughs> I mean, that's the, again, you know, these are the, the things you sort of have to, you know, what your mind is telling you of PPR, need a receiver out of the backfield, need, you know, 50 catches. I need Alvin Kamara. I need Saquon Barkley. I need those guys, uh, even into the early part of round two. Um, his his comps are going to be Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. In what year. respect? In, in Derrick Henry's? Those are his peers of who you're drafting him around. Oh, who you're drafting him around. Yeah. yeah. But they're because, not statistical comps. No, no, no. But, but yeah. in, in terms of, like, where they're going to go draft day. Because I think it's still— Sorry, you said Aaron Jones and who? And Nick Chubb. I, oh, Nick Chubb is ahead of him. I, I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I don't have it ranked that way. Oh, really? I know you do. I think you're the only one. Or maybe Dave. Well, I I'm think— I'm writing it today. So. Look, if Kareem Hunt comes back, it'd be, it'd be different, right? But if Hunt's not there, Hunt's a free agent now— you know, Chubb was, I think, an easy pick uh, to be ahead of Derrick Henry, and they're the two leading rushers in the NFL. But but the catches were there for Nick Chubb before Kareem Hunt got there. He was on like a nice fifty-ish catch pace. Um, that's more so than right, thirty more. Right now, I have, um, and and again, this for all of us, subject to change. Right now, I have Henry six, Chubb seven. Okay. Dave has Chubb five, Henry nine. Heath has Henry five, Chubb seven. Ben has Chubb 6, Henry 9, and you have Chubb 5, Henry 9. So it seems as if Heath and I are the only ones taking Derrick Henry over Nick Chubb as of now. And me, Dave, and Ben have Henry 9th? You all have it, I think, 5-9 or 6-9. That's funny. Yeah, it, look. The, the, top, the top four, I think, are going to be, top five, I think, are going to be the same for everyone. In some order, right? Um, well, no, I guess Heath, Heath has Derrick Henry above Alvin Kamara. 
In PPR, huh? In PPR. Everybody else has. Oh, no. So does Dave. Dave has Chubb over Kamara. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm i looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing it. I mean, uh, he's obviously really good. Um, you made a good point about him kind of getting beat up and the physical it could, toll it could, that he it takes. Could, it could be a concern. It could yeah. be a concern. You know, now it's two years of, of this grind of, you know, hit after hit after hit. And those guys don't last very long. I don't think it's going to happen this year to the extent of the fall off the cliff year. But you just have to wonder about that. All right, last random observation. Passing yards per attempt leaders. You never really finished the Metcalf one, though. Oh, I owe you lunch. Oh, but what was this random? I owe you lunch. That's it. All right. Here are your passing yards per attempt leaders. Top five. Ryan Tannehill, 9.6 yards per attempt. That is one full yard ahead of Matthew Stafford. That is an unbelievable number, 9.6 yards per attempt. No way is he doing that again. Um, he probably won't even be 8.6 next year. Uh, so Stafford's number two at 8.6. Garoppolo is number three at 8.4. Mahomes, 8.3. And then we have Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston tied for fifth at 8.2. Uh, who stands out to you on that list? Tannehill, Stafford, Garoppolo, Mahomes, Prescott, Winston. Stands out in terms of being surprised? Or stands out like uh, yeah, you know, spin Mah- it Mahomes with, is pretty good. Spin it with some fantasy analysis. Like, what would you want to highlight there? Uh, I think Garoppolo can be a better fantasy quarterback than he showed this year. I don't know to what extent, but you know, we were so excited about him going into 2018, and then he had the ACL tear, and then it was like, okay, let's see what kind of quarterback he is coming back. And he's had certainly some highs and lows, more lows than highs from a fantasy perspective. But this shows you that. There's been some unlucky performances. We go back to week one against Tampa Bay when he had the two touchdowns that were called back, I think, to George Kittle. Um, you know, so yeah. he's had some unlucky games, but I think it's just he doesn't throw enough. He's there, he's nineteenth in pass attempts in the NFL and third in yards per attempt. So I just that to me is an upside guy because the thing about the yards per attempt is that it's very consistent with San Francisco quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Garoppolo in his five or six starts, and then all the crap yeah, we had last right. year, and then Garoppolo this year. And that's what drew me to Garoppolo as the trendy guy that I liked in drafts. It didn't work out. I mean, at the end of the year, uh, when they got Emmanuel Sanders, he was on pace those 10 games. He was the number 13 quarterback on a per-game basis. He was on pace for under 4,300 yards with 32 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. So they don't, I mean, they obviously are a huge running team and that stinks, but he is a guy if things go differently. Yeah, right. If things go differently and he throws five more passes per game or something like that, he could be awesome. Cause I buy, I don't think he's that good, to be honest with you. I think it's a system thing. It's a lot of yak, it's a lot of Debo, a lot of, like, I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. But well, that was I the case with his, Kittle in 2018, too. Yeah, his, yar- his yards per attempt is going to be really good. And by the way, he um, he led the NFL, Garoppolo, in touchdown passes inside the 10-yard line, which really surprised me. Uh, but they're one of the highest-scoring teams. So I, I see some sleeper appeal there. Just, you know, he's got to throw more. All right, Jamie, thank you for... For the for your thoughts on my five random observations, which were very thought provoking indeed. News and notes: Adam Gase spoke to Le'Veon Bell about his role for next season. Interesting stuff going on there. Did he speak to Bell or did he just speak to the media? No, he spoke to Bell apparently. Oh, but this whole thing about the like the burner account—you're following all this stuff. I am. <laughs> it's so weird. Let me just look it up, people. Uh, AJ Green said he would like to return to Cincinnati. Austin Hooper said he'd like to return to Atlanta. Bruce Arians said Tampa Bay can win with a different quarterback. Eli Manning might not retire. Not exactly what he said. 
He's a, if, yeah. He's if, like, if we can win with this one, we can win with another one. What a quote that is, by the way. Yes. That is a that is worse that's than a, what I said. That's a negotiating point. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a free agent, so I guess so. But he's a straight shooter. He's definitely. That's the reason you got to love Brazil. Yeah. Um, Eli Manning know. might retire, but Philip Rivers wants to keep playing. Anthony Costanzo, uh, Colts left tackle, he might retire. Some playoff injuries of note: Kansas City safety Juan Thornhill towards ACL. Miles Sanders day to day with an ankle. Brandon Brooks, their right guard, he's out for the season with a shoulder injury. Zach Ertz, I'm not really well. They're hoping he's going to practice this week. Yeah. Be, I mean, this is a weird game because I think Philly is the better team right now. I know. But they're so Crazy. beat up. They're so beat up. So I mean, is Seattle. Seattle's beat up too, but. I know. don't think, I don't know if Philadelphia's a better team. They have played. If they were healthy, I think right now they're better. If they, yeah, yeah. They've played four of the five, four of the worst teams in the NFL. Plus Dallas in their last five games, they placed Giants twice, Redskins, Dolphins, and the Cowboys. The Cowboys game was a very impressive performance. The last two weeks, I watched pretty much all of the game uh, on Sunday against the Giants. Their defense really played well. Their yeah. secondary played very, and I was surprised because they're they're so beat up at cornerback now. When they're their, able their to get to the quarterback, well. when they're able to rush the passer, I mean yeah. it's the same for any team, but when you're able to rush the passer, it's such a different dynamic for any secondary yeah but it's weird they've been a very Jekyll and Hyde defense they're playing pretty well right now they should have beaten Seattle the first time they met in Philadelphia um it was bad weather it was, yeah it was a weird game a lot of drops by the by Metcalf in that game though Wilson could have had a much better game uh Wentz as well I don't I mean, well that's the story all year that does Wentz right now the last the, the last month is playing out of his he's mind playing pretty well yeah he is uh what did I see he he's the first quarterback to do something. It was so interesting, and I have no idea what it was. Xavier comes to me. They showed a graphic during the game, uh, the Week 17 game. Damn it! It was so impressive. I wish I had written it down. Well, it was great stuff. Uh, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton played through a two centimeter tear in his calf. Late Probably hurts. Two centimeters, nothing. <laughs> Let's tear your calf. Will Fuller you, we'll just, has a we'll chance just do to one play. Let's see how you do whatever. Will Fuller has a chance to play this week. Dalvin Cook expected to play this week. That's awesome. The Raiders re-signed left guard Richie Incognito. Two years, $14 million. And Michael Kendricks, left linebacker for uh, Seattle. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. Another big blow for them. All right, let's do some 2020 revolu- uh, revolutions and resolutions as well. And uh, we'll read some emails to finish the show. I will draft two quarterbacks in most of my fantasy leagues. That's my first resolution. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about this a lot. It um, it comes down, I think, to because we have a lot of people that play in different leagues. If you only have a five-man bench, it's hard to do. Not for me. I'm going to do it. Yeah? Yeah. I th- you know what I'd like to do? I tried to do this this morning and ran out of time. I'd like to go back. Let's do it right now. Give me, give me one of our 12-team leagues. Pick your favorite. Uh, Do the magazine league. Oh, you won okay. that one, right? I won that one. You sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for picking that one. Let's get the draft results. Okay. We did this in June, granted. That's why I wasn't going to pick this one. So I want to see the last like th- like three or four rounds. Let's go round eleven. Deion Lewis, Tom Brady, non quarterbacks. Deion Lewis, Justice Hill, Bears, Nikhil Harry, Jalen Samuels, Kiki Cutie. I bet you're going to find one one gem in there. Yeah, sure. Kiki Cutie, Darwin Thompson, Greg Zerline, James Washington, Jimmy Graham, Vance McDonald, Jordan Reed, Alexander Madison. I wonder what team he ended up on in this league. Uh, Bruce Anderson, Anthony Miller. I wonder who took that. Anthony, what I'm going to say is that you have mostly uh, bad players who get cut, 
and then the good players like Alexander Madison and Anthony Miller, who you drafted, they end up on different teams. So I think we kind of that's why I'm happy to take two quarterbacks and but how many how how what's the size of the bench in this league? 15 rounds. So what is that? 6. 6. Okay. Fine. Makes a difference. F- okay, 5 5 is pretty probably is pretty shallow. I think I'd probably still do it. The thing about that though is to your point is the talent pool at quarterback on the waiver wire is going to be more vast. So you in have, our leagues, but not in most. No, leagues. in in a five man bench, I'm talking. Oh, about. In a five man, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in a six man bench, it's a little different. You can you can get away with carrying two quarterbacks because you still have, you can carry two running backs, three running backs, two wide receivers, and then and then the quarterback. Most most fantasy leagues aren't going to have people that take two tight ends. All right, give me a resolution. Uh, it's more of a league thing. We've talked about this a lot. I I, I want to change waivers to be on Wednesdays. Hmm. Because of injuries, yeah. I mean, it just yeah. it just it logically makes more sense. I think one thing that bothers me that you can there's a setting in our in our CBS leagues that you can change that you should put accelerated ad drops on. If a guy gets dropped on Tuesday in some leagues, uh, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, he can't be added for a Thursday game, sure. and we need to change that. There's just some obvious things, uh, and again, in the commissioner product, you can do that on CBS. Um, you should decimal. Every league should be decimal scoring at this point. Yeah, I think that's something we're going to change too. I don't want that. That's Heath's. Yeah, he's yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's the driving force behind that one. All right, I I I would like half my leagues to be Tuesday waivers and half Wednesday. <laughs> kind of. I have work. I have right now two leagues that run Wednesdays. Um, and you just you know so much more. It's a it, good point. It's a good. It just point. you have so much more information. Yeah. You know, so it just makes it so I, logically. Like I said it just. It just seems I, I change I, our podcast though. I don't know why. Um, well, no, if the industry is still Tuesday, yeah, I guess so. because our leagues are different. All right, I'll give you a few more resolutions. I will not listen to people who tell me I'm quote reaching for a player. I seem to remember being told, and not saying by you, by the way, but in general, that, that I reached for Miles Sanders. I usually scold you in this June draft. I took him in the sixth round. So I'm going to tell you something which I don't think we've ever talked about. Um, I picked right before you. In this league, if I remember correctly. How did you remember that? Because I took James White over Miles Sanders with the thought of, and I, when I picked it, I was like, why did I take James? Non-PPR. Non-PPR. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to get both. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I took Sanders, right? Yeah, I don't really believe in reaching. The only time I think you're reaching is when you have some ADP data and you can get the guy with your next pick. And it's obvious that you can. But so, if you like someone, go get them. So here, I mean, you know how I feel about that. Yep. I, I'm, yeah. I'm always in that belief. But um, our drafts versus non-analyst drafts are so different because I know the guys you like. You know the guys I like. I know the guys Dave likes. <laughs> Dave likes and those the guys right. he's like. So it almost as if we have to take these guys. Like I, I had to take Chris Godwin early because I liked him so much. Sorry. And, and other people were taking him. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> um, I, and the flip side of that, Curtis Samuel. I, I had to take him early because, you know, it, it, and it's not necessarily like, you know, I like this guy first and then somebody else does some more research and they like him as well. Like, you know, Dave liked uh, Darren Waller yeah. a lot. And then, you know, so it was, oh, I'm going to take him two rounds before he probably should go. Um, a, just to mess with Dave and, and B, <laughs> because I, you know, we shared the same feelings on, on his upside. Um, so those, those things I think come into play, but, uh, in, in, for the people who are listening, 
you know, I think when you look at ADP and you say you see Miles Sanders is a round eight pick and you want to take him in round six, or you see Devin Singletary is a round ten pick and you want to take him in round eight, if you have conviction about somebody, you absolutely should take yeah. him. It, yeah. It's it's it. It, who cares what somebody else says? Because well, in the Dalvin case- Cook too is an example because people, you know, if if you had taken him. If you had had like the sixth pick or something, and you you didn't think he'd be around in the second round, you take him. You know, you believe in that. And there's going to be guys in the first round, in the second round of ADP. If you think that they could be Dalvin Cook, just take him in the first round, and, and we won't scoff at you. Well, we might, but we might. You know, I mean, that's the nature of what our yeah. job is. Our job is to evaluate drafts. You know, so yeah. it's you know looking at where we have. You know, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, Derrick Henry, good example. You have him ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is going to put him in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath has him fifth. That's going to be a first round pick. So you know Heath's going to say, "Well, there's no, <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no way you're getting him in the middle of the second round." Mm-hmm. But for for you, that's the only spot you feel comfortable taking him. By the way, I have Marvin Jones with one year left on his deal. Okay, and that's why I say I wasn't twenty twenty one. Yeah. How about that random thought? All right, I'll give you a few more. Uh, New Year's resolutions, 2020 resolutions. I will not draft a DST early. No way. Why would you? Every year, like, it's just... But who it, does? Uh, of us, among us. I mean, we we tell people this. It's the same with quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. You look well, at the, the... I mean... The last two years are the best example of it. Jacksonville's defense was historical in 2017. Yeah. They fell off the map in 2018. Right, right. The Bears' defense was fantastic in 2018. They were a disaster in 2019, you know? So there's no reason... Who's to- number one next year? I think the Niners, Ravens? Patriots? Yeah, I think people will look at the Patriots, though, and realize that it was the competition. Because they are a really good defense, but they're not necessarily a playmaking defense. No, but in people's, like, against in people's, good teams. in people's minds, Ben even said it on the show Sunday night when we were joking about Oh, yeah, MVP. well, that, that was, I think, a joke. from. No, what I'm I, saying it was a joke. But yeah, yeah. It, it, I think in people's minds, look, the Patriots defense won a lot of people, got a lot of people into the playoffs. Yeah. Because you got some easy wins through the first eight weeks of the season. I, when I kept looking at like halfway through the year with the teams that were in first place, so many of them had Patriots DS. Yeah. Yeah. But they really were extremely ordinary second half of the year. Um, I mean, they just, in, in the yeah, biggest yeah, moment. Let's do this. In the biggest moment of the season for New England, the biggest moment of the season, they let Ryan Fitzpatrick in their building <laughs> drive down the field and score a touchdown. Let's take a look. when Their, their game against the Ravens was week nine. Mm-hmm. So that's second half of the year. Their last eight games. Let's see where they ranked week nine through week seventeen. My final twenty twenty resolution. Um, I will. This is actually an interesting one. I will not, if I may say so myself. I will not overreact to the success of the two thousand nineteen rookie wide receivers. Uh, none of them, by the way, were top twenty in PPR. We just <laughs> one of your random thoughts was how good they were. <laughs> I mean that in relation to the twenty twenty rookie wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Because it still is rare for rookie wide receivers to have a big impact, even though they were all so good this year. Um, A.J. Brown was number 14 in non-PPR, but number 23 in PPR. McLaurin was right around there. He was 20, 23rd-ish. Darius Slayton was low in number two. D.K. Metcalf was right there. He's 32nd. Debo Samuel was 35th. Um, we had had four straight years, really, I think, of, but think, of wait, wide, before rookie wide receivers. On, before 14. you move on. Think about where those guys were drafted in relation to the top guys, how they finished. Nikhil Harry, Marquise Brown. Right. Yeah, so, right. Exactly. You know, the excitement level over those two, industry-wise. Yeah. yeah you know, people, Harry in players. particular. It wasn't really his fault, but 
Um, not injured. But... No, but there's not a track record of Patriots and young receivers doing well. Patriots DST 15th in our standard from, scoring from nine, from, in their last eight games. 15th. Yeah, I think the 49ers are going to be probably the one that I look at as mm. the best. Um, but, you know, you have the Ravens defense, I think, can add a couple pieces and still be really good as what we saw from their secondary. And now they sign Marcus Peters to a three-year extension. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears defense, I, I know, you know, mentioned that they're not the same, but they're still going to be really good. Yeah, they, yeah. they're pretty banged DST, up this DST year. DST-wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Patriots, obviously, are still going to be in that in that group. Yeah. Uh, Trying to think who else. Rams. If there is one. We'll see. I mean, Wade Phillips may be gone. What's up with that? He's not the problem. No, but he's, you know, he's getting up in age, and I'm sure he probably wants to do some other things in life. I think he wants to stay with the Rams. But they didn't fire him. I'll tell you what. The Browns coach, if Miles Garrett's suspension does not linger, you know. Oh, yeah. That's another one that started to play really well. Yeah. The Steelers still. I mean, that defense was great. Yeah, what's wrong with me? I've been saying for weeks the Steelers had the best defense in football. So maybe it's them. They're really good. But uh, you got to have that edge rusher for sure. All right, let's read some emails. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Adam in Chicago, 12-team, half PPR keeper league. He's got the sixth pick, keep two, and their corresponding draft pick. All of them can be kept for one additional year except for Devontae Adams. So we've got Adams in the second. It's half PPR and you're picking two. Adams in the second, Robert Woods in the third, Miles Sanders in the fourth, Michael Gallup in the ninth. Russell Wilson, 13th round. Mostert, last pick. Hunter Henry, last pick. McCole Hardman, last pick. Golden Tate, last pick. All right, so let's eliminate Golden Tate and Hardman. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to take Russell Wilson in the 13th round. Eh, I don't know. I won't eliminate him. I don't think you can take Devontae Adams in the second round. I don't know. Not any value there. You can get him, right. All right, so I don't think you should take Robert Woods in the third round either. No. All right, we got Miles Sanders in the fourth, Michael Gallup in the ninth, Wilson in the 13th, Mostert and Hunter Henry last pick. I'm keeping two? Yeah. <sighs> based on value, based on value, I might go Gallup and Henry. I can't pass up Miles Sanders in the fourth round. He's going to end up. And being... you can keep him for another year after at the, that. At the fourth round value? I don't know. He's a second round pick next year. For me, I take he might be a first round pick. Like he won't be a first round pick. There's no chance he's a first round pick. I don't necessarily agree with that. There you have him ranked tenth at the position. There's not ten running backs. Miles Sanders? There. You have him ranked tenth. Nuh uh. You have him ranked seventh. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's a top twelve pick. I I don't think so. There's only one wide receiver that I can tell you right now that I'm definitely taking over. You're taking PPR Miles Sanders over DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You see how bad of a year DeAndre Hopkins had? <laughs> Did you? This is a bad year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a funny thing. Like, let's do this right now, actually, because I'm kind of curious. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, uh, compared to what he usually does, DeAndre Hopkins scored 263 fantasy points. Where would he have ranked last year with that at wide receiver? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's amazing. He was a number three wide receiver in fantasy and PPR. He scored like 70 fewer points than he did last year. Um, I think he'll be better. But the thing about Hopkins is he averages about eight targets per game with Will Fuller this year. Pretty interesting. Um, I love Miles Sanders. This is what I'm talking about when I don't want people to – I'm not worried about people telling me I'm reaching. I think Miles Sanders has number one running back in fantasy. Okay, so potential. I could see if you're picking in the 10 through 12 Yeah, that's where, I think he'll, that's where I think he will be for some people. Just you. 
I think he'll be a mid-second round pick. I don't even rank him in my top 10. Yeah, you're, you're too low on him. Your top 10 running backs? You're too low. He's the man. He is the man. You see what he's been doing lately? He's the man. Really good. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. He's in my top twelve, but not in my top ten. Yeah, and no, I love Miles Sanders. This is this is how I felt about Jeremy Hill going into his second year. We all know what happened there. Um, <laughs> all right, next. So, okay, uh, you're keeping you're keeping Gallup and I'll Henry. Keep, I'll keep Sanders and Henry. Thank you. Thank you. Make it easy for you. I'll keep Sanders and Gallup. Gallup in the ninth round. He's very good. Uh, second email is from. Jay, a.k.a. Mr. Waverwire. Looking ahead to next season, we can keep only one player and only for one year. It has to be somebody after the third round. If you pick them up off waivers, they are your sixth round pick. Why do we always want to say ravers instead of waivers? Do we or did I just do that? You did. I do it too. Ravers? Yeah. I guess we're exciting people. We're like (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Full PPR. All right. So who do you like? Aaron Jones in the fourth. Yes. Cortland Sutton in the sixth. Uh, you're not going to go with Aaron Jones, I don't think. Devontae Parker in the sixth. DJ Moore in the ninth. Winston in the 13th. Or Darren Waller in the 15th. Only keep one? Yeah. Jo- Aaron Jones in the fourth. Cortland Sutton and Devontae Parker in the sixth. DJ Moore in the ninth. DJ Moore. Jameis in the 13th and Waller in the 15th. DJ Moore. Do you think that Cam Newton hurts DJ Moore? No. You don't think so? No. Okay. I don't think that DJ Moore is only good because of Kyle Allen. <laughs> no, um, but we don't know what, what Cam's tendencies are. We don't know if he'd be more of a Curtis Samuel guy. We know How that can you not be a DJ Moore guy if you're any guy? <laughs> it might just be – the funny thing is Curtis Samuel is supposed to be the downfield guy, right? More of a downfield guy than DJ Moore. That's Cam's strength. Um, they might just throw for fewer yards with Cam Newton. They might. You know? If Cam's the guy there. If Cam's the guy, yeah. Uh, all right. Good show, Jamie. That's the only emails we got? That's it. I responded to some. Didn't read them on the air. But, yeah, it was a good time to get get your keeper questions in or any questions. Send them in, fantasyfootballcbsi.com. You want to change any of your top ten running backs before I publish it today? You remember the list? Yeah, read, go ahead. Uh, you got Miles Sanders, one. <laughs> uh, McCaffrey, one. Barkley, two. Elliott, three. Dalvin Cook, four. Nick Chubb, five. Kamara, six. Sure you want Chubb over Kamara on PBR? No, I don't. <laughs> I want Kamara, five. You sure this is your list now? Are you sure? You're the, you... I'm reading it. This is your list. No, I don't want that. I want Kamara, five. <laughs> and okay. Yeah, I want Kamara, five, and Chubb, six. Kamara, five, and Chubb, six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seven would be Miles Sanders. Uh-huh. Eight would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Nine would be Derrick Henry. And ten would be Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, so just so I'm aware, you have Kamara 5 and Chubb 6. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure? You yeah. don't want Sanders 6? I want Sanders maybe 2, but no, we'll keep it to 7. You want to hear the rest that. of everybody's list? No. Pick I can a name. I'll give, give me a name. Ben. Ben Gretsch. Nobody can mistake me and Ben. Christian McCaffrey 1, Saquon Barkley 2, Alvin Kamara 3, Dalvin Cook 4, Ezekiel Elliott 5, Nick Chubb 6, you both have Miles Sanders, seven. Good Aaron man. Jones, eight. Derrick Henry, nine. Leonard Fournette, ten. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to be alone on Josh Jacobs, too. Do you have Jacobs in your top ten? No. But they would be 11 and 12 for me, the two yeah. rookies. I, I have Joe Mixon ahead of both of these. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. 
All right, we're out of here, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Have a great celebration. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll have some coaching hires by then. For Jamie, I'm Adam. See ya. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.